Welcome to a Walk, Talk for Freedom, Episode 7. As uh, today we talk about Backpage, the rise and fall. This is uh, Cesar Lopez stepping in for uh, CC Lopez, and we've got Chuck Paul. Great. So, Chuck, there's been a lot of things that have been happening here recently with um, Backpage. So, tell us a little bit more about what's been happening, maybe some history. So, Backpage is an online advertising site. It's particularly what's known a classified site, similar to that of Craigslist or any other site where you can buy couches or advertise your garage sale or even sell vehicles. However, they went very dark very quick back in 2004. So in 2004, Carl Ferreira was part of an, or of an organization of three men with Michael Lacey and Jim Larkin. So Michael Lacey and Jim Larkin were known as being progressive media moguls. They were involved with and eventually purchased the Village Voice, which is known as a progressive media outlet that would report on you know, what was going on, especially around the East Coast, New York scene. They report about on conspiracies and governmental misactions. And they were actually known from the, going from the 60s and the 70s as being you know, kind of like the voice of the people. You know, part of that fifth estate. So uh, Larkin and Lacey got involved with that and were known as the Cowboys because they were from Arizona and Texas area. Well, eventually back in 2004, they buy this and create this back page ad, which is their, their response to this back page system, which is their response to uh, Craigslist. And immediately they put up this adult services section. And what people don't understand is that adult services sections have always existed in the Village Voice and other progressive newspapers for years. Of course, they would say that they're just advertising massage parlors, which we know are actually fronts for brothels. And they would even advertise escorts, but they would just say, well, we don't know whether or not these girls are involved with sex. So they went from the printed word to an online version. However, when you moved prostitution from a print on the back page, that's why it's from the back page, the back page of a, a periodical or a newspaper, mm, makes sense. Into the, into the online world, that just blew it all up because now you took the risk factors that a person who wanted to buy sex, you took a lot of their risk factors away. Because in the past, they would have to look at the back page of the newspaper, find that article about the escort, and then they would have to contact her and arrange to meet her. Or they'd have to go down to a red light district, which is most of them did. And, you know, you're exposed to the elements. You're exposed to criminal elements. You're also exposed to the police. And everyone knows why you're there. I mean, they know why you're there. So you're saying that it's basically like the yellow pages, and that's really how they did it right. in the past, is it was actually back in the back page of maybe a phone book. Well, it was actually the back page of a newspaper periodical. Uh, you know, those... Yeah, have you ever seen like The Current or mm -hmm. all those different ones? Well, yeah. imagine on the back page there was ad classified ads in there, which there currently is. Yeah. Well, those classified ads would always have an adult section. Wow. And uh, so this is where all this comes from. So very quickly, uh, Larkin, Lacey, and Ferreira guiding their organization, they because they've publicly come out and said that they support prostitution, However, they've always tried to downplay it. So Craigslist got involved. And of course, there was public outcry with Craigslist because they, the people realized that, that women and children were being sold for sex on Craigslist. So Craigslist responded by taking down their adult services section, 
Well, immediately when that happened, Carl Ferrer sends an email out to his employees saying, we have this awesome opportunity to really get into this market. We can control this. I mean, this is documented proof. This is part of what the state evidence is coming against Larkin, Lacey, and Ferreira. They knew what they were doing. And so they knew that they could exploit this medium. This medium has literally produced hundreds of millions of dollars in the United States alone. That's just in the United States alone. And we have no idea how much is produced worldwide, but there's estimates in the billions because you have to understand, Backpage was operating in 943 locations, 17 languages, and 97 countries. Wow. So they were all over the world. It's a business. I mean, it's... It's a huge business. Yeah. And what it is, it's slave trade. Mm -hmm. It's no longer slave trade where, like, you go over, you get, you know, you get someone from another country, you bring them here, and you put them up on the auction block and sell them. Instead, what these individuals are doing is they're facilitating slave trade. The traffickers are providing the slaves... Ferrera, Larkin, and Lacey are providing the medium by which to the, the auction block by which to auction them off. But of course, they're not being sold permanently. They're being rented out. Yeah. So there was this huge outcry where people were like, "This is just absolutely wrong. We shouldn't be able to. You shouldn't be able to sell human beings mm -hmm. in the United States. Slavery is wrong, right? Yeah. Slavery is illegal. Okay. However, so when people went to sue Backpage and also filed criminal cases against them. They found out that there was this little teeny tiny section of Section 232 of the Communications and Decencies Act that, I'm sorry, Section 230 of the Communications and Decencies Act that was passed back in 1996 that prevented them from being able to successfully criminally or civilly go after Backpage, Larkin, Lacey, and, and, and uh, Ferreira. And what that was is that 96 technology super you know, antiquated back then. Mm -hmm. People don't realize just how much technology is coming in the past, you know, 10 years, little yeah. 20 years. So when these laws were passed, what happened was is that there was a website, very early website, was a financial website, and someone had posted on there, hey, there's this guy, they know he's known as the Wolf of Wall Street, and he's just manipulating the markets, and he's causing all kinds of uproar. Well, his company then sued that website and said, hey, you're discrediting me, you're, you know, you're spreading lies and rumors around me, you're spreading fake news. Well, it turns out he was really doing all that, but this is just a, a ploy that he used. Yeah. So the courts came back and said that the website was not liable for what was put on there because they're more like a fax machine, because that's how they, that was the way the judges saw them as. They're like a fax machine. You and I are not responsible for what message someone faxes us. It's true. Yeah, whatever comes through. Whatever comes, comes through, through, comes through. So what it said was is that websites are not responsible for what third-party medium puts up there, which means if you have a website and I get on your website and put a comment on there going, you know, a very derogatory comment, I don't like unicorns and think all unicorns could be used for dog meat, something along those lines. I don't mm -hmm. really believe those things, but I'm just saying, a, you know, an outrageous example. example. Um, what would happen in that point is that I can't be held, I would be held liable, but you can't be held liable for what's put on the website. Does that make sense? Yeah. So someone can't sue you and say, Caesar, you let this guy talk on your website and he said this bad thing about unicorns and I, I belong to the Unicorn Support League, you can't be held liable. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So there was some sort of, you know, I guess they were, they were protecting themselves with these types of, you know, uh, laws in a way they were hiding behind them right 
So what Ferreira, Larkin, and Lacey did is they had these hundreds of millions of dollars they were making from selling human flesh, mm -hmm. from renting out women and children to be raped. That's what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so they hired high-priced lawyers that would say, oh, you know, they're protected. This is like, a, they're not responsible for what they put up there. My clients are trying so hard. Look, they faded a relationship with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. They're talking to the U.S. Justice Department. They're even reporting cases over the police. My clients are trying so hard to be good citizens. We can't help the fact that these evil people are putting stuff on our website. Mm. That's what they were pretending at. Yeah. And they even went out and hired people to go out and make relationships with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, who then put together ideas of the ways the website could police itself. Of course, those ideas were never implemented, even though Nick Mac had put that information to them. Yeah. Nick Mac got wise at that and said, wait a minute, we're having all these meetings, we're having all this talk, but nothing's actually happening. Because Nick Mac was finding out that over two-thirds, 73%, of the of children that were identified as being victims of sex trafficking were advertised on Backpage. Wow. So let's pause there because I think a lot of people finding out about human trafficking ask, how is this happening? And they don't realize that it's that it it's been happening, you know, right right under our noses on the internet. Mm -hmm. It's it's been happening not only on maybe street corners or um, you know, strip clubs or in um, brothels, but it's it's been happening on the internet. Just like when you think about like Amazon, right? Mm -hmm. Amazon, you can go and purchase something today and get it in two days or get it in a day. But with Backpage, you just said 73% of children were being advertised on, on Backpage. So, you know, again, that it's it's been happening. It's been going on um, for a very long time on, on, on Backpage. And that's why we're we're talking about it to make sure people understand that the internet brings a whole different dynamic um, to human trafficking because it reaches it's worldwide and that's it, because it's worldwide but it also creates with someone to be able to be anonymous mm -hmm. so in the old days you know the pre-internet days yeah if an individual wanted to buy someone for sex wanted to rent someone for sex now, it's very likely the person he was going to rent for sex, he was, was going to be someone who was being sexually exploited, was a, a human trafficking victim. But in those days, what would have to happen was is that he would have to figure out where were those red light districts in the neighborhood? Where were those bad neighborhoods where prostitutes were known to be at? Or where were the back pages of these periodicals he could get, these newspapers, that he could find out where this was? So that put a level of exposure on him. Because if he's from, let's say, San Antonio, mm -hmm. and he lives in, let's say, the northwest side, and he's a professional businessman, because these are the people who can afford to pay for this, he would have to drive down to the red light district of San Antonio, which back in the day used to be over there at Hackberry and Cherry Street. Mm. And, and even today, there's areas around Guadalupe Street, which are known for prostitution. So he would have to drive down there in his you know, SUV that's clean and, and nice. Now you drive down there in an SUV and clean at night. Is he going to stick out like a sore thumb? Definitely. And so the police officers that patrol those areas are going to be able to say, why is this guy here? Yeah. He's out of place. He's out of place. So they're going to stop him because 
He's either there to buy drugs or he's trying to buy a prostitute. So they're going to stop him and talk to him. So that puts a level of risk on him. Mm. Especially if he's seen pulling over to a corner, picking up a girl that the police officers know. Yeah. You know, they stop him. So what happens with the internet now is that that's completely taken out of effect. Yeah. This man never has to leave the comfort of his hotel room. He's staying in a nice five-star hotel over there by the airport. And all he has to do is click, 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 click. And that girl's delivered to his room like a pizza within mm -hmm. 30 minutes. And he's just ordered specifically what he wants. He wants a girl that's about so high that looks like this. And she will perform these following sex acts. And yeah. those sex acts that he's asking for her to perform... People don't understand. This is not pretty woman. Pretty woman is not yeah. reality. He's asking to perform sex acts that objectify her as a human being. He wants to perform sex acts that he's seen in violent pornography because porn, porn is more is more violent. That's what sells. Yeah, um, which means choking, biting, beating, scratching. You know that type of thing. I yeah, mean, these are violent, aggressive things. It's it's you know they're. Aggressive sex acts, and of course, everyone's mind can wander with those. Yeah, it's yeah. disgusting. It is. I mean, and that's why it's important to educate yourself on, you know, the the history of human trafficking. The Freedom Chasers right now are teaching a five course um, class on bodies are not commodities, and it's important to understand that again, people are not goods. They're not a product. They can't be be sold. They have human rights, and these human rights are being taken away from them when they're being posted on Backpage. And like you said, people are, you know, it's it's been a, a hidden, I think, crime, a hidden uh, thing because, again, people can do it in the privacy of their own homes or hotels or wherever they're at. Right. You know, a person can be sitting next to you at an airport on their laptop ordering, you know, a girl, a boy, whatever, and you have no idea. But they're, they're here making a purchase for, so the person can be waiting for them at a hotel when they land. Right. And that, and they're, they could be doing that mm -hmm. and you have no idea. Yeah. And what happens is, is that because of that level of secrecy, it then decreases the risk to the criminal elements that are providing these, these children and women. Um, so what happens is that then says, Hey, if we're getting away with this. We can continue to do more and more of it because we can make more money yep. and they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, here in San Antonio, the typical trafficker with a stable of four children or women can make $632,000 a year. That's profit. It's over a half a million dollars a year. Wow. That's a significant amount of money. And he's gonna sell those victims each as many times as a night to meet their quotas. The average quota, the average victim must produce for their trafficker here in San Antonio anywhere from 1000 to $3,000 a night. Wow. So if they're being sold at, and it varies in the price, so it may be $100 for oral sex and $300 for what's called the girlfriend experience, which is no condom and no holes barred. Mm. How many people would they have to sleep with that night to make that 1000 or $3,000? Yeah. How many violent sex acts does that person have to endure and survive that night? Every night, 365 days a year. Wow. It's, yeah, I can't even imagine what, what they're going through and what they're, what they're feeling. So Backpage, I'm sure that they also do advertising, right? Like on 
you know, mm-hmm. porn sites and things like that, right? So if someone is watching a, a porn video, there's probably some sort of advertisement that comes up. Hey, back page, right? Well, it doesn't say back page. What it does is it takes them to this. It takes them to the ad. Huh. Okay, so this is a, a common technique that's used among traffickers. So the reason why porn is free online, well, you have sites like porn, Pornhub, YouPorn, and all those other sites. There's literally just dozens and dozens of them. Yeah. I can't even keep track of them, and nor do I want to keep track of them. But the reason why those sites are free is because the porn that was just produced by some, in some cases, by professional porn and pornography production companies, mm-hmm. uh, but the majority of cases, 55% of it's produced on cell phones. It's called amateur porn. Mm. So people can upload that up there onto the porn sites. But the reason why they, these sites are able to produce free pornography for people to consume is because advertisers that are selling things that are related to sex are paying for ad space on that porn site. So the individual that's looking at porn, they're having pop-ups to the side, you know, yeah. buy this blue pill, buy this sex toy, buy this thing to make you more of a man. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then it's buy, here's Sarah. Sarah wants to meet you. Sarah's less than a mile away. So they're using targeted advertisements, SROs, based on the IP address of the user to figure out where this person is. And he clicks on that, that takes him to Sarah's ad. So these traffickers are actually paying for that ad space. Yeah. Significant. And now she's able to talk to him on that ad. But here's the trick. This person that clicked on that, because maybe Sarah looked a lot like his wife used to look like, Mm. you know, before they had kids and before life stepped in and before there was baseball games and recitals to go to and before his girlfriend slash wife turned into the mother of his children slash wife and he lost this girlfriend who he kind of had this special relationship with before all that happened this girl looks like that girl and this girl says she's just going to school trying Mm -hmm. to go to college trying to make some extra money he feels like he's helping her out because that's what she's telling him here's the thing he's not actually talking to Sarah he's talking to the trafficker yeah who's pretending to be Sarah and is saying all the things that he wants to hear. Saying everything he wants to hear. And then Sarah slashed the trafficker, who this man has just poured out his heart to, mm-hmm. says, I'd like to meet you, and I can be there in 30 minutes. And that's what happens. Yeah. I bring that up because I think people need to understand how all of this is intertwined. A lot of people think that, you know, porn is is because they consider it in the adult industry and it's not necessarily uh, trafficking, but it's all intertwined where, again, someone can be on a porn site and then minutes later end up buying a, a girl or a boy or someone off of Backpage, off of an ad. So the it's significant what has happened here recently with Backpage because it, it definitely it, it uh, throws a wrench in a lot of these plans that traffickers have. I mean, it's, it kind of soils their plans and it's, it's one step closer to kind of eradicating human trafficking. Right. And that all actually began with parents. Mm. Backpages fall began with parents. Outraged, upset, hurt and wounded moms and dads that said, my little girl, because all these women and children being sold are somebody's little girl or little yeah. boy. 
somebody's little girl, little boy. Well, these parents said my little girl was sold online on Backpage. Why are these people, why is Lacey, Larkin, and Ferreira able to make hundreds of millions of dollars over advertising to, to rape my little girl? So they filed civil suits, they got law enforcement involved, and what they found out very quickly was is that Section 230 of the Communications and Decency Act protected the Larkin, Lacey, and Ferreira. And even they went even further. Those lawyers that they hired would then send, would then have news articles posted that says, oh, these parents are just looking for a quick payday. They're just looking to make money off of us. We're not responsible for this. So they not only, these parents, not only were they wounded that their child was raped, yeah. but now they're being wounded again. Backpage didn't let up. Backpage was like, we are better than, and we, so the reality was they had a mentality of is that other people were objectified. Other people didn't matter as long as they got their money. Because that's the that's the mentality these individuals had. Yeah, you don't matter as long as I get from you what I want. People don't understand, but the psychology of that is actually based on what's called someone who's a. Do you know what they, what that's term referred to as? Um, no. It's a sociopath. Okay. Well, you. I guess you, sometimes you don't make that connection, right? Right. But but you're right. That's what they are. It's a sociopath. Right. Sociopaths are, you don't matter as long as I get what I want because I am the center of everything. And these individuals have that sociopathic tendencies. They may have started out as progressive people that believed in bringing the fifth estate out and you know holding people accountable. But somewhere along the way, something broke in them. Or maybe it was always broken. We don't know this. So much to the point that when the U.S. Congress sent subpoenas out to Lark and Lacey and Ferrer and said, we want you to come talk to us about what is going on on Backpage and online with selling women and children and explain to us what's going on. This is back in 2016. These individuals said, we ain't coming and didn't show up. Hmm. Wow. How, how many people have the gumption to tell the government? The FBI. Sorry, but no. Yeah. Really? I mean, if you got a subpoena from Congress saying, we want you to come testify before Congress, would you just say, eh, no, I don't think so? Of course not. I mean, there's so much at stake that right. you got to go. But these guys didn't care. Yeah. Not that they don't care. They believed that they were untouchable. And mm -hmm. they actually were because what happened was is that Texas partnered with California and went after Larkin, Lacey, and Ferreira. So Ferrer was living overseas at this point. So he was out overseas where in country where prostitution is quote unquote illegal. And he was running the whole operation from over there. Well, they tricked him into coming back to the United States in October of 2016. And they also raided the Dallas office of Backpage. And they arrested Ferreira. And they went after Larkin and Lacey and they filed charges. And of course... It all got dismissed because of Section 230 of the Communications and Decencies Act. Yeah. But what happened at that point is that Congress was now really angry about the fact that these guys stubbed their nose at them. So let's talk about the reality of what happened. So Congress actually got Lark and Lacey and Ferreira. They probably got them out in front of them and said, now tell us what's going on. And these, all these guys said, well, I just plead the fifth and refuse to testify. So that motivated our federal government, our federal Congress, and 
what didn't motivate them was these years and years of parents. But the parents had gotten that ball rolling, right? Yeah. But what motivated them was these guys not only were doing this to women and children, but they were telling Congress, we don't, you know, we think we're better than you. Yeah. Congress gets involved. They file a bill, Fosta and Sostas, right? Mm -hmm. House Bill 1865. These, these bills specifically would amend the Communications and Decencies Act to where it still protects media outlets from what somebody puts up there. But what it does say is that we're not going to allow human beings to be sold. We're not going to be allowing slavery to be marketed on any site. Yeah. In the meantime, Texas and California and the federal government that had been working with that evidence they seized back in 2016, they actually found the emails. So they now had something to prove. Right. These emails specifically came from Lark and Lacey Ferreira saying, hey, we they hired people they called screeners. These screeners' jobs were not, not to screen these ads and then report the suspicious ones to law enforcement. No, yeah. their jobs were to screen the ads, the ads that were very obvious, a child that said things like, Amber Alert, missing cheerleader for sale. They would then tell the person who posted that, hey, you need to change the wording to new girl in town, super sweet. And it would mask what they were trying to sell. So they were, they were actively involved with masking stuff from law enforcement to sell women and children. Wow. So they, they definitely have played a huge part in all this. And they were acting like they, like they didn't know anything. Not only were they acting like that, they were trying to partner with organizations like the National Center for Missing Exploited Children, and they were have showing meetings with them with law enforcement to try to say, oh, "Look, you look, it was a smokescreen." Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's even emails from Carl Ferrera down to employees say, "Why is it every time something gets reported to the police, I see your name on it?" Hmm. So they threatened their employees with firing and and action against them if they didn't allow human beings to be sold for sex on that site. Wow. It's, it's ridiculous. So that started back in October. Um, and then something recently happened um, April 6th, right? So on April 6th, the FBI, utilizing this evidence, working with the Texas Attorney General's Office, California Attorney General's Office, seized Backpage and all the entire site and all its offices. So when you say seized, that means they took control, right? They took control. Wow. They raided and took control. They actually got online, took control, and they put a banner up there saying it's been seized. It's huge. It's huge. And I know the internet advocates were freaking out because the government was coming in and shutting down a site. But what the, what they don't understand, what I don't know, maybe they don't understand is this isn't a matter of free speech. This is a matter of human rights and decency. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I was to run down the street displaying a dead puppy. PETA would be all over that. Not only would PETA, but do you think the police would stop me and say, Mr. Paul, stop running down the street, putting the dead puppy in people's faces? Of course. It, just maybe, right? Yeah. I mean, that's horrible. That's disgusting. Yeah. But the reality was, is these guys were publicly putting online women and children to be sold for sex. So they seized that site because now they have the evidence. They had to have the evidence. In the meantime, Fosta and Sosta had those two bills had already gone all the way through the Congress and was now being sent to President. So President Trump signed that on, on April the twelfth, simultaneously. That 
that again think about that they seized Backpage, so the government had control, and the president signs two bills, right? Two bills. Two bills that have a huge impact on again the the beginning of you know having a government involved when it comes to human trafficking. Right. The government said enough is enough. We are not going to allow American women and children, and even foreign national women and children, to be sold online here on this on these sites on these different sites now in the meantime literally dozens of sites have popped up there's so many sites sure. like backpage but now the federal government now has a tool to say this we're not going to allow slavery to be advertised online the president signs that but also what happens is carl ferrera goes ahead and files a plea he files a plea with the federal government saying yes i'm guilty of human trafficking and money laundering as a matter of fact, the website itself, the company back page is guilty of human trafficking. That's huge. But people say, well, how did that happen? Well, I tell you how it happened. They had the evidence from the action that they took back in October of 2016. They presented it to these lawyers, and these lawyers probably told them, dude, one of you is going, one of you is going to walk away with probation. The rest of you are going to jail for a long time. Yeah. And Ferrero was smart enough to say, I'm throwing everybody under the bus. And that's exactly what he did. He's trying to save himself. So that's why people are getting upset. Well, why did Ferrero walk away with probation? The rest of these guys are looking at, you know, life in prison. Because Ferrero threw him under the bus. Yeah. Again, another personality trait that tells me Ferrero doesn't care about anybody or anything but for Ricardo Ferrero. Yep. And he's walking away with probation. Yeah. But his company's been dismantled. The shots have been fired, and no longer are these group of people going to be able to profit off the sale of human flesh. Yeah. So everything that we've been doing, everything that has been, um, there's a whole bunch of advocacy groups out there, awareness groups, um, a bunch of uh, people that are passionate about human rights, but not only human rights, but ending human trafficking, modern day slavery, and I mean, this is a huge uh, thing for um, all of us, I think for humanity, um, to be able to shut down a site um, that was selling um, men, women, and children um, as if they were a product or, you know, something uh, that you can buy off of Amazon. And we know that people have, um, have rights. And so this is something that um, is huge. And we just got to keep keep fighting the fight because as you said, there are probably other sites that jumped, you know, just popped up right after that um, and are still doing this. And so everything that um, those are listeners that are listening, um, keep, keep spreading the word, keep talking about human trafficking, keep mm -hmm. spreading awareness. Uh, you, you see something, say something, um, you know, keep visiting uh, Chuck's uh, website, which is chuckpaulllc.com. He has a whole bunch of information out there. If you ever are interested in, in having him come and speak at an event, um, he would love to do that as well. Uh, visit our website, a21freedomchasers.org, and we have a whole bunch of uh, list of resources, information um, that we share as well and, and are in this fight to uh, bring an end to human trafficking. Visit our social media sites. Chuck Paul's on Facebook um, as well. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So continue to, to come and listen. We do appreciate you uh, listening to these um, podcasts and every single episode we're not done we're going to continue talking about this um we're in the process of putting it on itunes as well because we want we want to make sure that the masses hear what's going on and, and the reality but 
this is a huge win. So everyone should be proud of the work that they're doing. And um, you guys should be proud of, um, again, the part that you're playing as well. Any last words, Chuck? No, I think you wrapped it up. Yeah. So thank you again and come back for the next episode, uh, episode eight. You guys have a good day.